0: This is LBC with Nick Abbott. Call 0345 6060
1: 973. Text 84850. Alexa, send a comment to LBC. Back to your calls about what is going wrong with our police force in a moment. But first, let's go to Washington, D.C., and talk to our U.S. correspondent, Simon Marks. Hello, Simon. Evening, Nick. Now, um, (laughs) it's very hard to talk to you On any given week, without mentioning the uh, Orange Tornado... And um, this is no exception. Donald Trump versus Mike Pence. What's the latest there? Well, it's an amazing development in many ways. I mean,
0: Mike Pence has indicated in the past that he doesn't fancy the idea of supporting Donald Trump in a race for the presidency again. No great surprise about that, given that uh, Mike Pence feels very aggrieved uh, about the way in which he was treated by Donald Trump, particularly uh, on January the 6th itself, as Donald Trump's mob uh, made their way through the halls of Congress trying to find Vice President Mike Pence some of them saying that they wanted to take him outside the building and hang him on the grounds of uh, the Capitol compound Mike Pence as you will remember was spirited to a safe location within the building uh, by uh, his security team uh, and uh, we now know sat there uh, crestfallen that his own president that he had loyally served was doing absolutely nothing uh, in terms of sending the cavalry in to try and rescue uh, members of Congress and the Vice President who were spending that day uh, trying to and eventually succeeding in uh, certifying uh, the results of the 2020 presidential election and declaring Joe Biden the official winner of that election. So Mike Pence today was asked specifically if Donald Trump does end up being the Republican Party's presidential nominee in 2024 will he the then the former vice president support the man he used to serve and what's so interesting is that he doesn't say no, he says, we'll have better choices and I trust Republicans to make the right decision. We're looking for new leadership in a in a new era. Uh, and he's pressed on the fact that he doesn't actually uh, demur. He, he, there's no negative in his answer. It's all about, well, we're going to have better choices. Uh, and he simply uh, repeats that I'm confident we'll have better choices come 2024. So even now, Mike Pence is hesitant to say that if Donald Trump ends up being the nominee for the Republican Party, he wouldn't dream of uh, endorsing him for a return to the White House. And he's not the only Republican leader who's trying to walk that line. Uh, Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader in the Senate, also never directly answers the question about whether he would support Donald Trump if Donald Trump ended up being the Republican Party's nominee, which, which gives you a sense of, first of all, uh, the fact that Donald Trump still has substantial uh, pockets of support out there, uh, but also that there is this kind of internal discipline within the Republican Party and you could end up in a situation where Donald Trump does become the nominee and some of these people might decide dutifully to line up behind him once again. They're obviously hoping that it never comes to that.
1: Yes, but as far as Donald Trump is concerned, prevarication, regardless of whether they actually say, no, I won't support him, prevarication is uh, akin to being a traitor. Well, that is true. Prevarication from Donald Trump's perspective is akin to being a traitor, and I think we can all
0: see very clearly what Mike Pence is actually trying to say to members of his party, uh, which is don't even dream of uh, getting behind him for another run at the presidency. But also, I mean, if you cast your mind back to the 2016 presidential election, um, the huge mistake that Republicans made in the run-up to that election was not to sort of dismiss Donald Trump first of all as a clown act and not to take him seriously and then when they really needed to start taking him seriously they were all at sea in being uncertain whether to confront him or not and you can still see in what Mike Pence has said here uh, today that that is still a bit of an issue Mike Pence clearly not willing absolutely to go head to head with Donald Trump uh, with uh, Donald Trump uh, and confront him directly uh, and engage in any kind of, um, uh, you know, scorched earth battle with him, at least not at this point. We should say, Nick, that Mike Pence himself is considering a run for the presidency uh, and uh, he's told interviewers here this week that he expects to be making an announcement uh, later in the year. Some insiders uh, say that they think there'll be an announcement forthcoming from the former vice president in the spring. So he's definitely putting himself forward as one
1: of those better choices than Donald Trump that he was talking about in the interview. Now, that does rather suggest suggests to me that Donald Trump's grip on the Republican Party is slipping somewhat, but does he still hold sway over the majority of Republican voters in America?
0: Well, uh he certainly holds sway over an estimated 30% of Republican Party members. Uh, the polls indicate that among Republicans more broadly, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis is currently the favoured choice of Florida, of course, uh, to be the Republican Party's presidential nominee. But we're getting a very clear indication here this week uh, of the extent to which uh, some Trump supporters are absolutely unwavering in their backing of him and you can see that at CPAC the conservative political action conference that is taking place uh, in Maryland just outside Washington DC uh, as you know it's a big annual event it is very much uh, up until now certainly has been seen as uh, sort of the uh, the the cathedral uh, of far right republican orthodoxy and this year there there is no debate taking place at CPAC. Donald Trump and his uh, leading supporters, men like Steve Bannon uh, and others, absolutely are controlling CPAC, controlling the ag- the agenda, making sure that the only speakers that appear on the stage are those who are willing to pledge total fealty to Donald Trump. Donald Trump himself will be speaking to the conference on Saturday, and while the numbers of people attending the conference are lower than they have been in previous years, and they've been reportedly, the organisers, having some difficulty in flogging tickets at $375 a head to the big uh, gala dinner that's supposed to take place to close the thing on yeah. uh, the, uh, over the weekend. The Reagan dinner. The Reagan dinner, yes, exactly. I mean, as if Ronald Reagan wouldn't be spinning in his grave <laughs> if he knew what was going on to the party that he used to lead. Yeah. Um, so there is a, there's some indication that the conference doesn't hold the, the, the thrall that it used to have. Mm. Uh, however, as an indicator of just how much power Donald Trump still has within the party, it's pretty
1: amazing that he's been able absolutely and completely to control it. Yeah, I mean the the sense that I get from over here is that his um, his the, the the sort of sun is setting on Donald Trump, but that but from what you're describing, that's not necessarily so. So is that really setting up a sort of a split in the party through uh, like a, a gap through which a uh, a Democrat? Um, might uh, be able to uh, skip through to win the next election, yeah, very much so, and of course that 's what the Democrats are hoping. I mean the Democrats are hoping Joe Biden,
0: assuming that he runs, will be reelected based on on his record of achievement in office. Republicans have to worry about Donald Trump because if he controls 30% of Republican voters and if he gets very irritated with the party for choosing a candidate that he doesn't like, let's say they, they, they pick one of the other people out there, including, of course, Governor Ron DeSantis, whom he loathes down yeah. uh, in Florida, there is always the risk that Donald Trump decides to throw his toys out of the pram and says, <laughs> you know what, I'm off. I'm going to run as a third party candidate and I'm going to take 30% of Republican voters with me. Mm. Now, they wouldn't all necessarily stick with him. But if you walk away with, you know, potentially a fifth of Republican support, let's say, that absolutely opens the door for a dead certain victory by uh, Joe Biden or whoever is running for the Democratic Party in the election, assuming that, you know, the election will be as closely contested as uh, its immediate uh, predecessors have been. So they've got to to find a way, really, of, in some fashion, accommodating him, hoping that he loses in the primary campaign, but that, it, that there is a solution that is found that prevents him from uh, walking away and going third party. And that's, that's going to be a very, very difficult needle for Republicans to thread.
1: Yeah, apart from anything else, um, Donald Trump's future finances and, indeed, his p- potential freedom might depend on him maintaining control uh, as a future president, because I believe that his legal woes are about to get much worse. Uh, Yes, they are, in a couple of different ways. I mean, the news
0: today uh, has uh, been made here in Washington, D.C., where the Justice Department has told uh, a court... Uh, that Donald Trump uh, cannot claim immunity from having to face a lawsuit that is being brought against him by two uh, Capitol Hill police officers in connection uh, with the attack on Congress on January uh, the 6th, Uh, and those two police officers, backed by uh, several members of Congress who have signed on to the lawsuit, uh, suing Trump for damages over what they say were the physical and emotional injuries that they suffered while they were trying to protect the Capitol against Trump's rampaging mob. Uh, Now, uh, Trump's team had argued that because he was President of the United States at the time that he made that inflammatory speech on January the 6th, sending his mob on their way to Capitol Hill, he was covered by immunity. Uh, The judges asked the Justice Department to uh, provide an opinion on that, and the Justice Department today said no immunity uh, confers on uh, President Trump for making that speech Speech, you can absolutely go ahead with the lawsuit. So there is every possibility that that lawsuit still in its in its nebulous stages. But every possibility that that can result uh, in Donald Trump facing some pretty stiff financial uh, damages. There's no risk of him going to jail uh, in that case. But all eyes also remain on the state of Georgia, uh, where, as you know, the uh, district attorney in Fulton County uh, impaneled a grand jury to uh, hear. Uh, the possibility of uh, lev- levying charges against Donald Trump and other members of his inner circle for that infamous phone call in which Donald Trump told election officials in Georgia that if they could just find him another 12,000 votes, mm. that's all he was looking for. <laughs> and uh, the grand jury's finished its work. We are waiting for confirmation, but there is uh, substantial speculation here that charges will be pressed against some people in Trump world and possibly against Donald Trump himself, and as uh, I know you have observed on, on many occasions in the past, it could well be Georgia that causes him the biggest legal grief that he's faced yet, and it's well worth keeping an eye on what uh, comes out of that state in, in the in the next days and weeks.
1: Yes, and what tends to fire up Donald Trump is um, picking fights with people, and what, what seems extraordinary is that he's, he's picked now a fight with... a a company that used to be the Donald Trump Broadcasting Company. This is Fox News, and he's also going after Rupert Murdoch, who owns Fox News. What's that about? Well, it's absolutely apparent that Rupert
0: Murdoch uh, does not believe that Donald Trump should be the presidential nominee for the Republican Party in 2024. And uh, it has been uh, weeks, uh, if not months, I think, since Donald Trump was last invited uh, to give an interview to Fox News on cable, to their actual linear television channel. He has given interviews uh, to Fox's digital Uh, operation, but that has a much smaller audience, of course, than the uh, television network itself. You have an array of primetime hosts on Fox, including Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and, uh, um, uh, Laura Ingram. Uh, all of whom publicly have been pretty supportive of Donald Trump through thick and through thin, but privately we have learnt through legal filings in another case that's been brought against Fox by the manufacturer of voting machines in the United States, Dominion, Mm. that behind the scenes, those uh, hosts, many of them, were absolutely fed up with Donald Trump as he continued to make his entirely false claims uh, of election fraud in the United States. So they're true positions are perhaps uh, identifiable through those legal filings rather than through what they actually say on the air. But at the moment, uh, Fox News's favourite candidate in the race to be Republican presidential uh, nominee is undoubtedly Governor Ron DeSantis uh, of uh, Florida. There's an excellent piece from a few weeks ago in the Atlantic uh, that absolutely uh, reveals the depth of the connection between Governor DeSantis and his communications staff and Fox News producers, I mean Governor DeSantis for most of last year could basically get on Fox News and give an interview any time he wanted that opportunity is no longer being afforded to Donald Trump and we've seen more broadly the Murdoch empire here including the Wall Street Journal uh, which of course is also owned uh, by News Corp they've absolutely turned on Trump as well so it seems that there has been a decision made somewhere in the boardrooms, uh, uh, you know, at at a high level that uh, outlets like Fox, the Wall Street Journal and the New York Post are going to give Donald Trump far less access to their uh, readers uh, and viewers than they did uh, back in 2016 and 2020. And for Donald Trump, that's that's problematic because it, it, it means that it's harder for him to connect with those grassroots supporters who are reading those publications or watching Fox News.
1: Yeah, uh, particularly as, he, as he's not on Twitter anymore. So uh, I, I, he has been invited back, but he hasn't uh, come back yet. No, so that's correct. Perhaps that will be his next move. Um, just finally, let's talk about this uh, meeting between the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and his Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov. What happened there? Yeah, very interesting. This took place
0: uh, on the fringes of a meeting of G20 foreign ministers in India today. India is chairing the G20 this year and Prime Minister Narendra Modi will be welcoming world leaders, including uh, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and President Biden, and maybe also Russian President Vladimir Putin to India in September. Uh, The State Department here has confirmed that Antony Blinken requested uh, the opportunity to exchange some words with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. It's the first time the two men have met even briefly face to face uh, since the war in Ukraine began. They have spoken on the telephone uh, once, but that was mostly uh, to discuss the details of a prisoner swap that, of course, saw the uh, release of Brittany Griner, the uh, basketball uh, player from Russian detention in exchange for Victor Boot, the mm. so-called uh, merchant of death uh, arms dealer who'd been held by the United States. Uh, Anthony Blinken says that he told Sergei Lavrov to end Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine and said that the United States will stand by Kiev and support it. Uh, for the rest of time, that there was absolutely uh, no expiration date on America's backing of Ukraine. Uh, Mr. Lavrov seemed unimpressed with those messages and in an angry appearance of his own said that the G20 foreign minister's meeting wasn't even going to issue a joint communique because nobody in the room had actually been able to strike any kind of an agreement or make any consensus when it comes to uh, the war in Ukraine. So all of that is kind of a preview of what's going to happen in September I mean, imagine where we are if Joe Biden attends that G20 summit in India and Vladimir Putin is in the room. Mm -hmm.
1: That is going to be uh, quite something. Very much so. Always a pleasure, Simon. Thanks so much. Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent.